Hello, I'm Sarah Vine and this is Sarah Vine's Female Half Hour from Mail Plus. I am joined this week and every week by my friend and co-host Imogen Edwards-Jones. Coming up on today's show, armpit hair. I think it's a bit revolting, um, <laughs> but apparently all the young people think it's super. So someone's going to try and change my mind about that. <laughs> we'll be speaking to one of the UK's most iconic fashion pioneers, Sandra Rhodes, about her latest time with IKEA. We will learn how to fill our fragrance wardrobes from a perfume connoisseur. And finally, we'll be finding out what's in the stars for UK's all-conquering tennis starlet, Emma Raducanu. Imogen, let's start with the Met Gala. Mm, wasn't that fun? I mean, I just think <laughs> bonfire of the vanities. I know. It's, there's something so very odd about it. It's almost like the death of the celebrity. It's, because, I mean, because they've been, because they've sort of in the last year, because they've been utterly useless. Starved of their oxygen yes. and publicity. Yes. yes. Apart from on Instagram, obviously. Yeah, but they're, because they haven't had anything else to do, because mm. they haven't had anything to open or anything to launch no. or any, you know, any underwear line no. to flog at us, yeah. somehow it seemed like the last gasp yeah. of fame. Well, of, I mean, you've got you've got Kim Kardashian, who's basically made a living for the last 20 years about to, of taking her clothes off and showing everyone her arse, mm. who's now decided to go completely the other way and dressed top to toe in black man-made fibres. It looks so looks uncomfortable. So weird. It looks so uncomfortable and quite sweaty. She looked and, like a dementor out of Harry yes. Potter. Also, it was something quite tasteless about yeah. it in a weird way because, because of sort of it, actually, I thought it looked more like something out of the Taliban. Yeah, it, it did. Yeah, and sort of it, Taliban it's, it's chic. complete tin, tin ear about what's going on in the rest of the world. So the rest of the world, women are being forced to cover up yes. and, and do what they're told by men, and then she turns up dressed like a sort of weird Taliban sex slave. And yeah, no, it was so very weird, and I just thought, um, and then all of them just being so sort of. I don't know, there's just, there's just something, I mean, it's, the tickets are $35,000 a pop mm. and there was that American congresswoman, that American Democratic congresswoman yes. who turned up with Tax the Rich written, written on her back. And on her just, couture what? gown. Exactly. That and just, there was also something very, very sort of weirdly sexist about women competing for competition. Yeah. So as you as you walk For attention. In, for attention. Yeah. It's really weird. Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, for attention. It's very Emerson's weird. got food poisoning, by the way, dear listeners. <laughs> so <laughs> if she makes a mistake, it's not her fault. She ate a two day out of date piece of salmon last night for her supper thinking in that way that uh, women our age do oh it'll be fine <laughs> it'll be fine I'm not feeling terribly well no. I have to say I ate a three day out of date um, fish pie last and? night and fine <laughs> it was from Marks and Spencers though perhaps it's a superior oh thing. yes yeah, that'll be it that'll be it but I do I do think the idea of women competing for yeah. attention is something weird and it, it's somehow in the uh, in the stills it looks alright yeah. but actually if you watch the video of them go walking in, it's, it's so weird it's grotesque yeah. it's and buttock clenching and yeah, talking is. about gr- grotesque and buttock clenching have you seen the uh, the front cover of Time this week that is the most buttock clenching grotesque thing I have ever seen in my entire life I mean it's got to be fo- it's, sorry, it's a Harry and Meghan Harry and Meghan and it's got to be photoshopped hasn't it it has it, also somebody said to me brilliantly that it looks he looks like her hairstylist he does when he's zhuzhed the hair and pushed it all forward <laughs> pushed it all forward <laughs> it's all over her shoulders yeah. and he's going what do you think about that I know <laughs> I, it looks like that American gothic painting yes a sort of, sort of more irksome version of it yes yes and there's something weird about so, they, I don't know what why body language experts get employed because it's the, it's the, the power stance which is the yeah. legs apart yeah. which which as you you know, uh, half the Tory party do at, the, at the Tory party yeah. conference and it sort of almost looks like they're incontinent. Yes, but also Harry's <laughs> hand looks weird and small oh, and withered. It's, it's, it's been because it's been photoshopped badly. But you think it's Time magazine, you think they'd photoshop it well, I but know. they haven't. They've, it's just awful. That I mean, it's well. clearly one of those situations where Time magazine have gone, 
because we all know how these top 100 lists work. Yeah. It's basically a way of, of lazy journalists of getting famous people to be in their magazines or yeah, their well, newspapers. Yeah, well, you've done it before. I've done it. I did it for the, the BBC, did the Women's Hour uh, Power yes, List. Yes, I remember you and basically, did the power it's, list. You, you basically go, oh, you're the best person in the world. Would you like to come and be interviewed and photographed? Yes. And the person goes, am I the best person in the what, world? Moi. Moi. <laughs> okay, <laughs> if you insist that I'm the best person in the world, I will come and be photographed. So everybody, so that's why these, these stupid lists exist. It's basically just so that they can get people in the studio. But it does look to me as though... Harry and Meghan have refused to go into the studio. Well, it, it looks and like one of them was photographed one one place, and someone was photographed. <laughs> I think she was definitely in the studio because she's got that that sort of the flashlight yeah, on her face. Yeah. Whereas I think he was appears to be walking in the woods. So the <laughs> two of them were put together. <laughs> anyway, oh um, she's apparently the most influential people in the whole world slash universe. Oh, I know. I rule so my life good. by them. I do too. Mm. I mean, I wake up every morning and I think, what would Meghan do? <laughs> She's been an English fashion and textile designer in the UK for over five decades and has dressed the likes of Princess Diana and Freddie Mercury. You might recognise her from her head of striking pink hair. Dame Zandra Rhodes, thank you for joining us today. Lovely to be here. So we are talking to you because you have got a new collaboration with Ikea, which is very exciting. I love Ikea. So do I. It's very exciting. I mean, I go to Ikea for leisure purposes sometimes <laughs> when I'm really stressed. I go, I know what I need. You go there a for lunch. lunch. I do. <laughs> I yes. don't know. I don't like the meatballs. I don't like meatballs. I don't really eat meat. But I do like to go there just to sort of wander around and pick up a schnoodle or a noodle <laughs> or something that I didn't know I needed from my kitchen. So what have you done? What Are, are you doing furniture, accessories? What is it? We've done carpets Ooh. in various Ooh. sizes. There's a length of fabric that you buy pre, pre-cut that you can make into things, or there's a caftan that you can Ooh. buy the fabric, you can make it into cushions if you want to, or you can cut out along the dotted line and make your own caftan by just sewing it up. I love a caftan. And there's a lovely blue lily vase mm. and about six different kinds of cushions. Right. All printed and embroidered. They're gorgeous. There's, mm. there's one that's a snake. So the snake's on one side and then his wiggly tail goes round the other <laughs> side. And there's half moon cushions. Everything has been modelled on Ikea before the lockdown, came to my home right. and chose different things that they liked. And then we redesigned. So wonderful, lightweight um, folding screen. Right. It's, it's sort of brass and it's... Uh, and got lovely red starry fabric. That on sounds. It. it all sounds very un-IKEA. Well, that's what it, I think. Yeah, it all sounds a bit kind of you know Rocket St George to me. <laughs> well, I sounds heard brilliant. the other day that someone went and they'd sold out. No, already. I don't know which one they went to. <laughs> did, did Did you have fun doing it? It sounds like you did. We had lots and lots of fun. They were fabulous to work with. We went over to Sweden, my whole team with me. Uh-huh. And then when the lockdown happened, all the different factories were making the things from all over the world. So they'd send one sample to me and one sample to IKEA. So it was, and we talk over Zoom. So it, it worked out fabulously. It's designed for you. What is it? Is it a sort of expression of joy? What's your motivation? I think I'd say it was joy. I mean, we've also done um, a wonderful line for free people, mm-hmm. which in fact came out two months ago. Mm. And they, and, and, but we'd in fact designed it and delivered it 2019. 
you know, and it was due to come mm. out. And then we thought, oh, God, the whole world's going to collapse. So it's been like a blossoming of things coming out again. So now your sort of life is doing collaborations with other brands. Well, yes, we seem to have had mm. lovely collaborations that were mm. wonderful to do, and, and especially during lockdown. So I didn't have to... I didn't have to close at all, as it were. Well, you've always been very ahead of your time, son, especially with your pink hair, because I now see that everybody's got pink hair. Yes, that is Although true. not as nicely done as yours. I know, I do see quite a few people with yeah. pink hair. Yes. <laughs> what is your, what is the, which, which, which dye do you use? Do you have it professionally done? Is um, there a hairdresser who does only it? Only if I go, only when I have it bleached, the rest of the time I do it myself. And oh. I use um, pinkissimo. Pinkissimo? My crazy colour. <laughs> Okay. Oh, okay. Mixed together. So you bleach it and then you put pink SMO on it. God, you must have incredible hair. Yes, I know. Mine would be like mine would be candy all, floss by all, then. Yes, yes fallen out. I mean, yeah. <laughs> what colour is your original hair? Just out of interest. But I mean, oh, can you remember? My original hair at one point was dark brown. Okay. It at one point, I love that. Nearly all grey, but I don't ever let it get to that stage. <laughs> Well, it's great to talk to you, and thank you very much, and we shall go to Ikea. Lovely, lovely talking to you. Well, that was Dame Zandra Rhodes, the UK and international fashion luminary and lady who wears Pinkissimo. <laughs> I love Pinkissimo. I know. I quite, yeah. Good name for lipstick. Yes. I'm looking at the Ikea collection online, and it is rather fabulous. Oh, I bet. The screen is fabulous. Is it? It's called a... a Lightweight charismatisk. screen. A what? A charismatisk. You have to say the Swedish thing. <laughs> I love going around Ikea saying all the Swedish words. It's just like being an ABBA. It's called... A, <laughs> so all of her go stuff... Ahead, all of again. her stuff seems to be called charismatisk. Here we go. There's a lampshade, a pink cushion, is which like is very nice. It's sitting next to Agnita. A beautiful vase that looks like a big uh, like a big splosh of water. Oh, that's gorgeous. It's really nice, actually. Oh, the rugs. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Gosh, they're beautiful. Oh, they're I mean, fabulous. they're properly beautiful. Yes, how well big are they? Well done, Dame Dandra Rose. There, um, it says it's a set of three, and it's called Gerismatisk, <laughs> and it's ninety-nine pounds. <laughs> Sorry, I do, I do apologise if we have any Swedish listeners because I'm sure my Swedish accent is not very good. <laughs> Did you see Lourdes or Lords, Madonna's daughter, flashing her armpit hair? <sighs> At the yes. Met Gala. Yes, I did. I did. Or I think it was mm, glad I'm not standing next to her. I don't know if it's sort of their the laziness of hair. Is so easy to get rid of. I yes. mean, think about so front bottom hair mm. is a bore to get rid of because you've it's just a bit fiddly and difficult. Yes. And if you've got a bit of a mummy tummy, you can't really see it. <laughs> so you have to deploy several mirrors, which is confusing. Indeed. When one is old and one's eyesight is not so great. But armpit hair is literally just hop in the shower, grab a razor, off it comes, no problem at all. Yes. I mean, but, it's really not hard. But I'm but I'm wondering whether she's got the pits and then everything else has been. Depilated. I mean, armpit hair is a statement, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's yeah. a statement. It's saying, it's saying, I don't. Well, I don't know what it's saying. It's saying, I don't mind having armpit hair. No, it's saying I'm reclaiming my femininity right. and I'm not being yeah. being dictated to by mm. the patriarchy as to mm. how much hair I should have. Mm. But I imagine that the rest of it is all done. Well, probably because it is these days, isn't it? Yes. So that's that's what I'm finding <laughs> extraordinary. It's like... Do you think she has matching leg and toe hair? No. Toe hair <laughs> is the worst, isn't toe it? Hair. Yes. Oh my. God, toe hair. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, th I think it's just one of those things where she thinks, if I go to the Met Ball with lots of hairy armpit hair, I might get a, I then might people get a might actually notice me. But that takes quite a while to grow, that level of hair. It does. So she, she'd been planning that look yeah. for a while. But it is a, uh, a big thing at the moment. Um, it is. Armpit hair. So we've got a, we've got a young person. 
Oh, thank God. <laughs> to come and explain to us why we're wrong about this. So here's Changevine's mind about armpit hair is Metro writer and feminist Elle Rudd. Elle, take it away. Hello. Yeah, so when you think about the way we talk about armpit hair in the discourse of media at the moment, it always comes down to people feeling like they have the right to comment on other people's bodies, in my opinion. So it is just another way of controlling the aesthetic. If you think about it in a wider term, it's a choice, isn't it? If you want to be completely clean-shaven, from your eyebrows down or even above, that is entirely your choice. But that goes the the opposite way. When we look back at the history of armpit shaving, it actually began marketed to women as the correct thing to do in 1917 during World War One, when men were at war and razor sales were going down. So the razor companies flipped it and said, women you need to shave now too, so they could continue making profit. So it's entirely a manufactured thing that within 10 years became the mainstream because the beauty industry has such a chokehold on the way that women conduct themselves in society. But we, obviously then it got to the 70s and there's a feminist movement there that, you know, took that extra step in completely no makeup, no shaved armpits, no shaved legs, you know, kind of rejecting the entire beauty standard. Now in 2020, we're seeing the evolved version of that, which is, uh, with the Met Gala, you've got these incredibly manicured, beautiful, glamorous looks, but the only thing outside of that standard is hairy armpits. <laughs> yes, and I know. We, we, were discussing, we were discussing earlier whether we were talking about it earlier and thinking, well, do we think that Lourdes has turned up completely depilated everywhere except for her <laughs> armpits? <laughs> It's perfectly possible. But I think what you say about the um, beauty industry and the razor people is probably Mm. very true, actually. And um, Mm. I think we are conditioned to shave our armpits. I mean, I I shave my armpits because otherwise I'm a bit smelly. Yes, I agree. That's the main thing, I think. Um, But I suppose maybe... maybe you know, I just, I just. I love the idea that Queen Victoria had hairy armpits. Yeah, that's suddenly quite, suddenly <laughs> quite interesting. It's like, whoa. Yes. But, but also to be fair to Lords, that or Lorders, whatever. I mean, her mother did do it before. Yes. Madonna did famously yeah. uh, show her armpit. Well, hair I remember and... in that scene in when she dries her hair, her armpit hair in the nightclub. Yes. Do you remember? Uh, you're probably too young. Susan. To, desperately seeking Susan. Did you Susan. see? Have you ever seen that, Elle? There's a brilliant scene in Desperate Susan. I haven't. No. Well, you should look it up on because I'm sure the internet nets will have it yeah. but if you get if you if you if yeah. it, it's a brilliant scene in, in desperate Seeky season where madonna's in the nightclub uh in her full-on kind of uh like a virgin mm. sort of outfit and she's sweating and she's got massively hairy armpits and she goes and she puts her armpits underneath the the hand dry, dryers yeah. and i remember just thinking when I, well, that was so cool yes <laughs> She was cool. She was cool. It is quite sort of, uh, I mean, there was a great piece written on the front page of the uh, Times the other week uh, when one of the Times journalists uh, grew her own armpit hair. And she said in her piece that she was very embarrassed to show it after. So there there was a scene with her builders and she lifts up something and puts it up on her her shelf and all three of the builders just stare and look at her and think... (laughs) That doesn't look very nice. So it is quite a statement, isn't it, Elle? Yeah. It is, yeah. I mean, I, I remember being a teenage girl and when my armpit hair started coming in, I would be incredibly embarrassed. I'd shave mm. every day because if the slightest hint, slightest hint of stubble would mm. send me into a frenzy, even though, you know, you, I would wear full shirts and you couldn't see it under. But as I've gotten older, I mean, I'm 26 now, and it's, it's ancient. over the years. It's what I'm a, <laughs> Literally <yeah>. ancient. <laughs> Do you have armpit hair well, then, Elle? 
Um, I, I currently do, yes, but it's not very long. Uh, I currently do. I do shave, I mean, the thing is, I, 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 I no one has seen no one has seen my upper arms for about twelve years well, now yes. because obviously once yeah. you get past that, so so I can have as much armpit hair as I want. You have a full beaver underneath. Literally, there, frankly, no, no one, one knows. Notice. I haven't worn a sleeveless dress since about nineteen eighty-three. <laughs> but yes, do you, what's your what's your what's your view on toe hair? <laughs> Um, toe hair. I mean, I, I personally have no toe hair, but ah, um, see, I think that's, that's glorious use for it's you. It's so natural. I mean, it's still, it's, to me, it's entirely natural. And mm. it's like you said about the, the, the Times writer and the builder commenting on them. Mm. You know, I think as women, we're all quite used to being catcalled and having men in the street and uh, tradesmen like hollering from scaffolding, commenting on our bodies. And it's I miss those days, but... don't you, Imogen? <laughs> I, I, I miss those days, to be honest. You, I, can I say, Elle, you will miss them when they're gone because they do suddenly go. <laughs> and one day you suddenly walk down the street and you realise that you're completely invisible. Your tumbleweed. You are literally, <laughs> literally nature's tumbleweed. <laughs> and with, and it doesn't matter whether you have armpit hair or no armpit hair or, you know, the shiniest. Literally, no one gives a shit because you're not, you don't exist anymore because you're, you're over a certain age as a woman. But that just shows how women are a property until they're not sexual, which is, mm. feeds into the armpit hair because once they take that away from sexualization, they ridicule you. It all feeds mm. into the same yeah. river. Well, such as such as a women's a woman's uh, lot in life. Um, <laughs> actually, do you know what, Elle? I think you have changed my mind. I think I think I shall start growing my armpit. I think you actually, should. the truth is, I don't really have any armpit hair. No, so as Imogen will knows, I have no hair at all because I'm I've got terrible alopecia. So, so maybe I'll try and grow. <laughs> I'll some. grow. It, I'll grow it for you, babe. Okay, and yeah. you can just do a transplant. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Elle. Thank you so much for talking to us. It was lovely to talk to you. Thank you. Enjoy those builders while they last, that's what I say. <laughs> Do you remember being 26 and being upset because people found you attractive? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> being all offended. Oh, how dare you say I'm beautiful. God. <laughs> Youth really is wasted on the young, isn't it? Yes, You are listening to The Female Half Hour with me, Sarah Vine, and Imogen Edwards-Jones. You can visit mailplus.co.uk slash subscribe to get access to all our podcasts, videos, opinion pieces, and more. And if you want to get in touch, tweet us at mailplus or me at Westminster Wag. Imogen. Yes. How many kinds of perfumes do you have in your wardrobe? Oh, you're jolly lucky if I've got one. Exactly. Well, your your husband's quite good on fragrance. Oh, yes, yes. He's he very... always has many. I, your husband has a cupboard of secret uh, diptyque <laughs> candles, which I discovered the other day. I know. Hannah, are you there? I am. I can hear I you am. sighing. I, I quite like Imogen's husband. I know. No, I, could hear, I could hear you. Borrow the, him, please. I could hear you exhaling as we said, <laughs> as I said, a cupboard full of oh. secret diptyque candles. Yes. He does. He absolutely does. Do you know what well, his dream job will be to work in Selfridges, I think? <laughs> oh. Actually, that's... You've got but, a but, dream. You've got but, a, a gay acting straight man. Yeah, yes. she has. Yes. But you see, when you go to Imogen's house, the entire house smells of... Candles. No, and also his fragrance, which is very, which is oh yes, which oh, one um, is it? It's called New York by oh god, I can't remember. Imogen, <laughs> Imogen obviously just wears literally whatever's in the toilet. Yes, <laughs> what air you freshener, domestos. <laughs> I went domestos. <laughs> anyway, so so Hannah, we're talking about building a fragrance wardrobe because you, I have, yeah, every time I see, and, every time and... I see you, you smell literally divine and you are an absolute expert in the whole fragrance area well it's kind of you to say so i am i am a lifelong obsessive 
Hmm. And my family, actually, we didn't, obviously, being, being British, we didn't do emotions, but we sort of bottled them. Hmm. So it, if anyone, you know, had a sort of repressed emotion, they would present it to the other one in a perfume, which hmm. was all very civilized. So, yes, every major event in my life when I was a child was met with a perfume. So, yeah. you know, 11 plus drama exams, Oxford, all these things um, were marked with a scent. And I, I still do that. And it is, it is still the way I deal with repressed emotions. <laughs> but there is this theory that women, unlike Imogen, who has her one perfume, <laughs> that most women have a sort of capsule wardrobe of perfumes that they amass. And there seems to be a theory that it's about seven Oh, okay. I don't know. What about you, Viney? You're you're very good at scents. I love scents, uh, but I'm quite a one note scent. I just I really just like those sheepras. Um, mm. So my my current obsession is Diptyque's new one that they've done, which of course I've really handily forgotten the name for. But it, but it is Orpheon. A, yeah, Orpheon. Orpheon. Exactly. Yeah. And it is. I, I yeah. have to say, it is unbelievably lovely. And every time I wear it, everyone says to me. Wow, that really? smells incredible. My daughter's stolen it from me, which is very annoying because it's incredibly expensive. Mm. Um, I've yeah. given it to Everyone loads of Everyone used to wear that fig one, the yes. diptyque fig. Yeah. Yeah. But the Orpheon is really nice because it is a, it is your classic sparkling sheep, yeah. which is what it's I like. I've, I've just given myself a spritz. I'll have to give you my bottle. Um, but yes, but, please but, do. But, yes. Hannah, do people just go through phases? Because I go through phases of going, oh, that's fabulous, and then mm. I get rid of it. I mean, I remember as a teenager, poison was my... <laughs> Oh. <laughs> was my scent. <laughs> I, I liked Arpege, <laughs> and then I liked something called Piquens the First. Bizarrely. I don't even know what that I is. Mean, these, I mean, these, the, these are old, old fragrances that have been around for donkey's years. I mean, I, I also um, like fragrances that my loved ones wear. So I really like Eau Sauvage because my dad wears it. So right. whenever I smell it, I think I'm... Yeah, of course he wears Eau Sauvage. Yeah, of course he wears Eau Sauvage. He is Eau Sauvage. <laughs> <laughs> do, 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 do the classics sort of do the classics still sell in the big numbers that they that they did before? You know what I mean? Like the Chanel Number no. Five. I mean, do people still they do. buy that. They yeah. do. Really. I mean, it is a it is an amazing amazing scent. You might also say that it's the scent that has become the sort of signifier for all scent. So if mm. a man is going to buy something for a woman. You know, he's heard of that one. Um, yeah. But I also just think it's brilliant. My niece wears nothing else and has done, you know, she's always been drawn to it. And I think it's quite nice that you can hand on number five as a yeah. sort of form of apostolic succession, but for women. You know, it's um, it's never going to get old. It is, it is astonishing. But I think that both of you are right, that one tends to be drawn to a, a signature genre, if you like. Mm. So like Sarah you'll be drawn to one of the three principal groups. So either flowers, florals, orientals, which are musky, spicy, and mm. exotic, or sheepras, which is what, um, what Sarah was talking about. So they have citrus top notes, a floral heart, and a kind of very mossy, woody yes. underbelly. So anything, I like anything that's sort of ferny or sandy. Yeah. You know, I, just, I just like those earthy undertones, but I don't, and I really, I, I really don't like the sort of, exotic exotic ones they make me actually feel quite sick i mean exactly I mean, and i think that's the thing that once you've found your genre it's like a superpower because mm. you then realize what makes you ill in other things so i hate white flowers 
sometimes mm. certain smells make me very angry. Mm. So yeah. my, my daughter used to put on some very, very, very cheap perfume. Mm. I don't know who made it. It was absolutely so disgusting. I kicked her out of the car yeah. Yeah. because she was polluting <laughs> right. my atmosphere yeah. so much. No, like, I, I mean, if I'm, in, if I'm, in, a really, res- if I'm in a restaurant and someone comes in uh, wearing disgusting. poison, actually, as it is, is as, it as it happens, <laughs> I actually can't have dinner. I have to move. Yeah, well, go. There are some things I can't, I can't deal with. So what's your pet hate then, Hannah? What's the one you would absolutely make you cry? I if can't I... bear tuberose. Okay. <laughs> I, I went quiet because I was thinking about a time when a young man asked me to move on a plane. <laughs> because he thought I smelled so terrible. And I felt like saying to him that he'd got, got no taste at all because I smelled divine. Um, but it is quite subjective, isn't it? Have you done this in your column? You must have done this in your column. I did it on Monday, actually, okay. so readers can, uh, listeners can go back and listen. But okay. I would love to know their perfume wardrobe yeah. and their genres. Yes. Um, so, yes, I look, forward, I look forward to hearing back. Brilliant. That was Daily Mail columnist and perfume connoisseur Hannah Betts. Now, Emma Raducanu has been unstoppable. The 18-year-old British phenomenon was barely known two weeks ago and now her 20-set streak in the US Open will go down in history as one of the greatest underdog stories in sports. So, here to talk about Emma is Therese Chung, spiritualist and author of the Encyclopedia of Birthdays. So, Theresa, I mean... Written in the stars? Written in the stars, yes, yes, yes. Legends are often born in November. Mm. Now, the significance of November the 13th, her day, is, is very, very strong. I mean, there's other people born on her birthday, like the Jimmy Kimmel, Whoopi Goldberg, and you may think there's no but they've all overcome incredible odds mm. and outside the norm. But what's most significant about her is her passionate self-belief. And Scorpio, the one thing, the one thing, if they don't believe in themselves, they can self-destruct, rather mm. like the scorpion can sting mm. itself to death. They need a vocation. They need self-belief. And once they have that, and for whatever reason, maybe it's her upbringing, her her family situation she has this incredible self-belief where she's literally able to treat triumph and disaster just the same and that's a remarkable maturity she's got that i think she's unstoppable my concern with her she's achieved so much so young mm. that the psychological and emotional development i agree yeah, I do worry yeah. a bit about that. What I mean, price? I mean, we do what see this price? with a lot of very young athletes, particularly female ones, people like uh, Naomi Osaka and Simone Biles. Yeah. And, and people have been very mean about them. And I've, I've always been a bit kind of, well, why are you being so mean about them? They're really young and it's just an awful mm. huge mm. amount of responsibility. And I do look at Emma and think, I mean, she did have that sort of moment, didn't she, at Wimbledon, where yes. you could tell it was just all a bit too much for her. And she very wisely withdrew. So she's, she seems to be quite sort of wise as yeah. well as whoever's looking is. after her is doing an yeah. amazing job if you look at her parents they're both finance people aren't they they're mm. both financial background also the culture the chinese culture of course you know with my surname chung i know a lot mm. about chinese mm. culture and the work ethic mm. and the vocational ethic and the self-discipline is mm. absolutely fundamental and they are not interested in second place no mm. they're not at no. All. there's a chinese family who live next door to me and and, and every morning the two children are in the park skipping for an hour. What? Just, just <laughs> skipping. What exercise? Literally. Oh. Well, you know, with the skipping rope. Yeah, yeah. You know how hard that yeah. is. Yeah, it is. And I go and I walk the dogs, and there's just this very determined, <laughs> I think, eight or nine-year-old just skipping like that. 
gosh. I mean, I, I'm, I'm in awe of it. Because, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's just, it, there is, it's... it's. Of what it, time is that, seven o'clock? Yeah, there's yeah. a sort of ethic, as you say, there's, a, there's an incredible work ethic. With Emma, again, back to the November the 13th, her birthday, same birthday as uh, Robert Lewin Stevenson, of course, famously mm. wrote Jackal and Hyde. And I think with her, she's, I mean, we all have a shadow, a negative, a toxic side, but she'd managed to mm. choose to squash that and go for the positive, mm. the self-discipline. And if she can continue doing that, choosing to always make positive choices, mm. I mean, she's going to be absolutely extraordinary. But let's see, she is almost too perfect. And as I say, we need the cracks in our life to make to bring more light in. I wanted to quickly bring go back to something that you said a couple of weeks ago, which was that you said that September the 14th was going to be a bit of a yeah, nightmare. God, God, you were I'm right. Yeah. yeah, and it is it is the beginning of, of wading through mud and end of October next time as well. Um, I, I, I kind of knew that, you know, it's, it's very guarded what he said, but, you know, it's all in the background there, masks and social distancing. And if mm. you look at the, the death rates creeping up mm. again and him, him saying that we're actually in a worse position right now than we were last September in terms of deaths and, and everything, yeah, that does seriously concern it's me and quite... we've all got to make decisions about the next booster jab mm. oh gosh yeah it's it's yeah we had a few weeks of fun in the sun didn't we of mm. oh life's back to normal and but it, it is now really we've got to live with this for a, a few more years yet to come and in yeah. september the 14th yeah yeah that, and that, then that, course... you know, astrology said that that was when when we went into capricorn you know uh jupiter retrograde in capricorn there was mm. going to be a big shift Yes, and of course the reshuffle. Yeah, but we've got Emma Radicardo to inspire. We have, you know, and yes. we've got booster jabs. <laughs> and we've got booster jabs. It's like she went to a lab, isn't it, and they created her, this person. <laughs> I know, she's beautiful, yeah, she's lovely, she's sweet. Yeah, she's brilliant, though. She's mm. absolute inspiration of what's possible, you know, how, if we push ourselves. Yes, no, I don't think even if I put, honestly, Teresa, <laughs> I mean, even if I pushed myself, I don't think I could have done that. I mean, so I just, the, the raw material yeah, just wasn't there. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> no, I, I, that's really, I, there's no way. I mean, I, I have to say my skipping friend in the park just astonishes me. I just got amazed. Amazing. I mean, I can do about three lunges and then I'm I'm done. That's very I mean, I, always, I'm, I am one of those people who's really in awe of sports people because I just don't have it in me at all. I just can't do the pain. It's not the physical, though. It's the mental hurdles, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the inner game of tennis. It's all in the head. Yeah. It's having that psychological ability to stay calm, rise above, see the, see what's coming, being intuitive. It, 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 it's an inner game. Uh, no, for it's me, it's just game. the phys I just physically can't do this. No, things. I can't. I can't even I mean, pick up a ball. It's so just painful. <laughs> physical activity has yeah, always been painful. Yeah, but you would if painful. you had the incentive. If your life depends on it, you know how people in extraordinary moments, True. like if their life is threatened or their children, if your children were being attacked by a bear, you would find that strength. Yeah, well, you, I, well, well, I, I, might just, I might just say, off you go, mate. <laughs> <laughs> But on that note, <laughs> Teresa, I'm going to go and leave you to it. Um, thank you. And we'll speak next week. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. That was Teresa Chung, spiritist and author of the Encyclopedia of Birthdays. I don't know. I'm very worried about Emma Raducanu. Why? I don't know. I just, you're a natural warrior. I'm, that's just a, why. I'm a natural warrior. That's yes, yeah, I'm yes. A bit of a, I think it's because I've got an 18-year-old. No, but I think is, she's... And it's a worry. I think she's having the best time yeah, of her life. Yeah. 
Yes, yes that's all this... she's been working for from the age of six. I know, I know but Thank I just God. she's such a little person. I know, but well done her. I worry about people saying things about her. Oh, she doesn't stuff. care. Okay, fine. All right, I'll shut up. <laughs> I'm always just being a massive silly old mummy, aren't I? <laughs> yes, you are. I am being a silly old mummy. Okay, I'll stop being a silly old mummy. If you enjoy listening to The Half Hour, why not visit mailplus.co.uk slash subscribe to get access to all our podcasts, videos, opinion pieces and more. If you want to get in touch, tweet us at mailplus or me at Westminster Wag. You've been listening to The Female Half Hour with me, Sarah Vine and Imogen Edwards-Jones. Thank you for listening. Hold up. 